The following is a paid program and does not necessarily reflect the views of WSIC. It's 11.06 on WSIC News Radio, and you're listening to We're Just Saying with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. I'd like to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are streaming live on the WSIC News website, YouTube, Facebook, X, LinkedIn, and are we on the gram still, Bill? Not on the gram. Not, Not on, the, on gram. the gram. So that was that was temporary. But that a new addition for the intro. Yes. Um, uh, a disclaimer. Views, a disclaimer. So I, I, I'm going to make. I'm going to just assume that's your fault. Possibly. Or Jeff McNeely's fault. I have no idea. But anytime <laughs> I think it's going to be my fault or Jeff McNeely's fault, I default to Jeff. Of course. And that's fair. You know. Yeah. That's fair. That's yeah. that's the way it should be. I mean, and, this is your time. Yes. So obviously, default yeah. to Jeff. But yeah. Disclaimer. Not necessary. But honestly. Does not represent the views of WSIC News, Correct. but really, it should. It should. I mean, it should because what we what, what we give is gold. Yeah, <laughs> we, I mean, you know, we usually are right on target. Correct. I mean, uh, I don't hear any kind us. of mit- yeah. <laughs> just we're ask big us. fans of ourselves. Just ask us. We are exactly, yeah. and we're very humble about it too. There's, of there, there, there is not a. I don't know of any other radio host more humble than us. I know. I know. Just simple servants. Exactly. How yeah. are you doing today? I am doing fine and excited for today's show. I'm going to try not to say anything to upset other people because we are going to do an election roundup. Oh, yes, we are going to do a little bit of election roundup later in the show. Talk about uh, each of the races, maybe a little handicapping. Again, yeah. views expressed are simply our own, not the views of WSIC. <laughs> but um, but, it's, but um, it's interesting. So like, uh, so are you are you election exhausted yet? Like, are you done with campaign? I mean, because like campaign commercials are hot and heavy and even like for people not in our districts, like I've seen, uh, you know, ads for Tim Moore. I've seen ads for, um, you know, on John Braffer on my team. Now, Granted, it's it's in the Me- greater Mecklenburg sure. Charlotte market and everything, but it seems like going throughout the day, it's election ad, election ad, election ad yeah. right now. Yeah, and if you wanted to have any other reason uh, to understand that there is early voting started yesterday. All you had to do is look down at your phone and see the mirage of texts from candidates coming in. And it was my phone was just inundated with all of these requests for help. And the, it just, yeah, I mean, it's it is what it is. It's the time of the season is the year. But I wake up every day thanking the good Lord that I am not on the ballot for the primary. Yeah. It's it is I see my friends and what they're going through and it is just brutal out there. And again, early voting started yesterday. So that means that you can go by any of the early voting election sites. Not you don't have to have a precinct or anything like that. So say for example if you're in Iredell County and you live in Stony Point, North Carolina, you can vote at the Mooresville early election site. So you don't have a specific or prescribed place that you have to go to vote. Exactly. And it's funny, even on the election as though Actually, one ran during the Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, there, but I was like, man, what must that one have cost? Yeah. I mean, because now, did you watch the whole Super Bowl? No. You did not. Did no. you watch any of the Super Bowl? I made it to halftime. Okay, so you so your commitment to make yourself more knowledgeable about football and spend more time on it only made it to halftime. So, uh, yes, uh, yes. Because and you got bored, or because you fell asleep. Uh, both. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> both, both. Uh, yeah, I just wasn't feeling it. I don't really have an a, emotional attachment to either one of those teams. And quite frankly, all the Taylor Swift talk gets a little like old for me. And well, you know, I actually she did not appear as much as people thought she would. Okay, on the TV. Um, okay, and because I, uh, I think the uh, the over under on that was I think put at like six and a half. 
really? or something like that, views of Taylor Swift right. during the broadcast. Um, if I was someone who who engaged in, in wagering, uh, I would oh, have probably sure. taken the over on that. <laughs> but um, um, but you know, apparently it was only like five times she appeared, so, okay, so it was on the under, which is you know. But honestly, you know, Kelsey didn't have that great a game, so, so uh, there was only so much they could show. Yeah. But yeah, talking about political advertising and spending, um, I did see my text went off and during the Super Bowl, and they said, "Holy cow!" Representative John Bradford just had a uh, commercial during the Super Bowl. And yes, that is a lot of money. I know it's just in our local CBS affiliate, I think, but still. still yeah, the, the rate much higher during that. And so, but uh, but hey, I mean, you know, got a lot of eyeballs on it, yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah, made my phone sing. That's the only one that I've actually seen. I was like, <laughs> wow, that is impressive. And yeah, and so now we see uh, that candidates are out there and this is do or die time. And, you know, most the election trends have shown that by the time early voting is over, the election is almost over. It really is because so many people have taken advantage. And I think it was what it was the last cycle over like, what, 56 percent or something of ballots had been cast mm-hmm. during early voting uh, during the last um, uh, even numbered year election. Yeah. So, you know, these these extended periods of early voting, which I still maintain are is unconstitutional. I just believe it is. I, I agree. I think I think early voting is unconstitutional. Election day <laughs> is election day. Vote then or don't vote or submit your absentee. But <laughs> but I, but be that as it may, sure. um, most of the votes are cast. And again, we've talked about this before. Again, I have challenges with that because, you know, what if your candidate like that you voted for? All of a sudden comes out like which has happened yeah. in a couple of elections, you know, there's a criminal record yeah. or has, you know, something is unearthed that, you know, they've done something horrible. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh, well, I've already cast my ballot for him. It's just like, man, it's like what's done is done. So you get some peaches who are getting into who sometimes find themselves into public office yeah. um, when really have, if you'd have waited till Election Day, you probably wouldn't have voted for him. So that's what was surprising about me about the and we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show about the governor's race uh, and on the Republican side, because you kept hearing um, two of the uh, three candidates saying there's going to be more information that comes out about him. There's going to be another bomb drop that is going to change everybody's mind about Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. And you know now that political strategists would drop those bombs, but well before early voting started. And I just don't see any additional information coming out there that's going to change the hearts and minds and souls of people who are completely supporting Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. No, not at this point. I mean, it used to be called the October surprise, right, right, in a general election. And so I guess it's a February surprise for a primary. But Mm -hmm. the October surprise was you you basically drop it two weeks out of an election or something like before Election Day. Mm -hmm. And the person's scrambling on the defensive, the rest. And it's kind of doesn't give them enough time to explain it away or for it to go from people's memories. And so... But with early voting, you got to invest. If you're going to yeah. drop the bomb, you got to drop it a much, much earlier now. So I was going and I drive right by an early voting site by my house every day. I almost turned in yesterday to go and vote and just get it over with. Don't you dare. I know. Don't I like, you dare. It truly said in my heart, it's like David Coble will judge me. Uh, yes. If yes. I do this. Come on. You, you got to stay strong. I'm going you to stay cannot, strong. You cannot succumb to the early voting, uh, the uh, the early voting uh, uh, trends here. You got it's election day. That's yeah. when we vote. I wish there was a way that if you early voted, then you could be taken off of all mailers and text and all that other stuff. I wish there was a way that they could report back to say, I'm out, I'm out. <laughs> I well, don't want to see funny, anymore. Funny enough, you say that because right right now um, with a lot of the, um, because early, you know, um, you know, uh, Board of Elections update who uh-huh. has voted and things like that, they, um, the text people, the uh, mailer <gasps> people and stuff like that, sometimes it's a little difficult with mailers because, you know, they're done right, so much. Right? Couple, but especially on text messages, if you um, show up 
on one of those, a lot of times you're being pulled off. You don't receive the text messages anymore because they know that you've early voted. So it's it's a waste of time to send it to you. All right, I'm breaking. No, <laughs> I'm no, doing it. No, you're not. I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to. I'm doing it. I'm I, going to. I've got to vote. Yes. Go vote today I so swear. that my text and your text uh, messages will no longer uh, be filled with pleas for votes, money, the most conservative. The what is it? They always say oh, the, it's the it's, it's the very conservative, the, the most. It's the always most the most conservative. conservative yeah. The most Second Amendment. What else is that? We are the the most pro life. <laughs> the biggest and baddest. I'm what like, is yeah, the, uh, well, I've always, I've always like, I've always loved the 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 qualifiers on there. I'm the yeah. most pro life. Okay, that, well, that? Are, that? aren't you like pro life or you're not? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, like really, can you be the most pro life? It's like I'm, I'm the. I, it never has really made a whole lot of sense to me. But don't cave, Vicky Sawyer. I stay might strong. Cave, I might cave. <laughs> you're listening to we're just saying on WSIC News Radio. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We'll have more of We're Just Saying with NC Senator Vicki Sawyer after this short break on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. Call now to speak with NC Senator Vicki Sawyer at 844-STUDIO-4. It's We're Just Saying on 105.9, 100.7 WSIC. Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News Radio with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. Like to be part of our show, 844 Studio 4. We are still streaming live on the WSIC News website, YouTube, Facebook, X, LinkedIn, and all points in between. We do actually have a caller here on We're okay. Just Saying to start the next segment off. Hi, you're on with Senator Sawyer. Good morning. Hello. Hey. Yes, sir. How are you today? Hey, uh, this, this, is, uh, this is John and Cindy Taylor. Oh, hey yes. Hi. Hello. Hi, we're in the parking lot of your church right now, waiting for the for the lunch. Oh, very good. Well, hopefully, I know they'll feed you well. I love a church lunch. I do too. They, do. They, do. <laughs> they always have the best desserts. Yes, they do. So, what is on your mind, John and Cindy? Well, I resonate with what you, you're saying about the primaries and how ugly they are. And one of my pet peeves at these packs that claim to endorse a conservative candidate, well, why don't they wait until the general election? Why do they have to endorse somebody now? Mm -hmm. Uh, Let us pick our own conservative, Dad Burnett. Is the way I feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got the dad Burnett in there. I like and, uh, it. I, hey, no, I do. No, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, John, thank you for calling and we'll come take used, the. Go ahead. I, I could have used some more salty Marine Corps language, but I decided not to. Oh, good. I appreciate that. But we do have radio professionals here. We could bleep you out very quickly. But John and Cindy, thank you so much. And uh, we will uh, go ahead and take your question off the air. I mean, on the air, but you have, uh, let's. Say goodbye uh, to you right now. Did I say that? No, Radio you, you professionals, every last I butchered bit of it. Every, every last, last bit of it. John, thank you for the call. Thank but you. No, John okay. raises he raises a good point, right? And, and I mean, you know, the the money in politics sure. is is huge and everything like that. And I think what what we have seen, and you and I have talked about this before, yeah. is you know the when we're talking about in primary time, mm-hmm. right? There are the most Republicans agree probably on ninety eight point eight percent of the mm-hmm. things. That 1.2%, though, mm-hmm. in the primary is where the differentiation begins to occur. And there are, you know, special interest packs and stuff like that who have very specific focuses, um, you know, like, you know, Americans for Prosperity, 
you know, very big into endorsing Republican candidates. Mm -hmm. Club for Growth, very um, interested, uh, very invested in, in, in public candidates, but they're diametrically opposed in several of their views. Mm -hmm. And so they they put the money and they invest in it. And I mean, you know, and that's just you know, kind of the 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 nature of the beast of what we find when you're playing in a primary. Yeah, I agree. Um, I said before, I'm not really a big fan of that. And I wish we could limit some of those influences. But then you realize that these PACs are actually people. Corporations are looked at as individuals. And um, and there are things that I'm involved with with a bunch of different folks as far as, you know, my friends get together. We have a common interest. Um, you know, if you are like that and you decide to set up your own PAC, you mm -hmm. know, your own um group to influence or persuade elections and you raise money on that and you do, I mean, it's, it's kind of the way the system works right now. And so um, I completely understand letting other, you know, wanting to have only local influence decide those elections. But unfortunately, it's just not the way the game is played right now. No, definitely not. But it is. But but I do have to say, though, back to the church lunch thing. Yes. Like, I love a good fellowship hall lunch. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you know, because there's always going to be like fantastic macaroni and cheese, there's always going to be a fantastic you know, fried uh, chicken and the desserts are just going to be money. All about the desserts for me. Oh, yeah. When the women's circles get together and make those desserts, holy moly. I mean, I go to the dessert table first, to be honest with you. Well, and you know, I have been, I have no, I have been known to do that myself. Yeah. And yeah. so I love it. So why, why are we, why aren't we going to your church for lunch today? I don't know. We should. <laughs> we absolutely should be. Probably, well, well, gonna, if they're in the parking lot now, everything, it's probably everything's going to be well, there by the time we I am going to probably have to go to church to pray for forgiveness on this next couple seconds. Because we are going to handicap the statewide races for you, go down through and give you. I'm going to try to give you both perspectives on each candidate, so to help you to choose which ones you want to vote for. Uh, the reason why I'm doing that is because my phone again is. Folks are saying, I don't know who the state auditor is, or who you, who are you going to support for treasurer, or what about superintendent, and those type of things. So let's let's kind of look at our ballots, David. And, okay. And I'm I'm going to try to be the uh, impartial. Um, Purveyor of information. Okay. Good luck with that. Yeah. All I right. Know. <laughs> Good luck with that. So first and foremost, obviously yes. the headlining uh, state uh, sure. uh, office uh, is obviously governor. Yes. Uh, we have got three candidates. We've got Dale Falwell, uh, current uh, North Carolina treasurer, mm -hmm. um, Bill Graham, uh, or auditor. Treasurer. This is no, this is yeah, he is treasurer. He is treasurer. That's mm -hmm. right. He's treasurer. Yeah. Um, um, uh, Dale Falwell, who's the current treasurer, Bill Graham, um, who is a candidate, um, who's an attorney, and Mark Robinson, the current mm -hmm. lieutenant governor. Mm -hmm. So, Senator Vicki Sawyer, yeah. in your estimation, how would you size this race up? <laughs> well, I don't really need to size anything up because it's clear that the polling shows that Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson is the strong front runner. Oh, yeah. And they have thrown everything but the kitchen sink at him. And, and a lot of those are words that he used in the past that are very polarizing, especially in the general election where we're going to have a really cl close race and probably the marquee race of the entire United States for governors. I mean, this one's going to be, talk about outside money and PACs. It's going to just be pouring in. I've heard that this race is going to cost, you know, in the hundreds of millions of dollar race for a governorship. And so this is very important. I think that's what you're hearing from the two challengers to Mark Robinson being Bill Graham and Dale Falwell. Mm -hmm. Now, Bill Graham is local in far as he is from the Salisbury area. And I met him first when he was asking to be appointed as a senator when we had a retiring senator um, in our area, uh, Andrew Brock had mm -hmm. stepped down to to take a position is at the Industrial Commission, I believe. Um, and so um, Bill Graham had met him during that process. And he, uh, of course, it wasn't successful during that. But he does 
have a handicap down east. Mm -hmm. Now, he is a trial attorney and personal injury attorney. And so just as an insurance agent, we tend not to like one another. <laughs> it's kind of like Wiley Coyote. Natural rivalry, yeah. yeah there's natural gotta, rivalry. Be a, gotta be a natural, you know, uh, rivalry. But his firm was one that went after and attacked a lot of the farming communities, especially hog farms in East North Carolina. So uh, when I've been down there recently and his name comes up, it is, it does not. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just thinking back to when oh, you did swine. on your tour in your swine farms. My swine sorry. farms. Yes, anytime, I know. Anytime this comes up, I'm always going to hearken back to your swine farm. I know. I know. But anyway, but anyway, sorry. I digress. A girl know. tried to learn. I was just trying to expand my horizons and I said the correct but inappropriate uh, yes. word at yes, the right time. So so I even if in the fall, you know, if Bill Graham were to to somehow come out of this, I see that he would have a huge liability in the East. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I mean some of the words that I heard from the farmer friends that I know, there was a dead body in step and all this other <laughs> stuff kind of put around there. Now, the interesting and probably the most qualified of all of the three candidates as far as what is going on as state governor is current treasurer Dale Falwell. Mm. Um, he has been um, steadfast when he was in the House. He was a strong uh, leader there. He's been a strong treasurer for us. Um, he is not afraid of a prop. I don't know if you've ever seen him talk in public, but he will have a boot or he'll have some sort of, you know, I don't know. He always has a prop and he does a really good job and he is very, very thorough. However, his message just really hasn't gotten through. I mean, Rock Robinson is like the big, um, you know, the biggest, um, I guess, name and naming recognition and those kind of folks. So Dale Falwell does have the um, support of the state um, employees. And so that's a big endorsement, especially down east. Um, so we'll see how it goes through. But all the polling shows, you know, Dale at the you know very bottom, mm -hmm. um, maybe Bill at nine percent. Um, then Mark Robinson is just through the roof. Yeah, like well into the forties in some polls, yeah, around fifty. So yeah, um, yeah, that. I mean, I, I shared. I think you handicapped that pretty pretty accurately. Again, the only you know they say like to say the only poll that matters is the one on election day. But if things hold true to what they are right now, obviously Mark Robinson will mm -hmm. be the uh, Republican candidate. Um, next is Lieutenant Governor. Yeah. Where obviously to running people running to replace uh, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. Yes. I think we have eleven candidates. A lot of candidates. A lot of candidates lot in there, and so we've candidates. got we've got uh, Rivera Dothit, and I'm sure I, I, which is and local I, to Morsel. Yes, is is yeah, uh, which I had not met her until recently, but yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we've got uh, Jeffrey Elmore. We've got uh, Marlenas Hernandez no Novoa. Um, Alan Mashburn, Jim O'Neill, Sam Page, Ernest Reeves, Hal Weatherman, Seth Woodall, Deanna Ballard, um, and Peter. Um, Boykin. Yes. And so I think probably the names most people are probably hearing the most are Hal Weatherman, uh, Deanna Ballard, and uh, probably some Jim O'Neill as well, don't you think? Yeah, Seth Woodall and Jeffrey Elmore. So there's these are yeah. all really good candidates. So not one or the other, but just kind of give you an idea who they are. Now, most folks, especially if you've attended Republican Party meetings in the past, know Hal Weatherman. Yes. Uh, he has been and was the campaign manager um, and worked with Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest during both of his elections for um, that. And he started early. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was out there early making and crisscrossing the state. Um, and so he is someone that has probably a lot of name ID with the grassroots. Um, but it just seems like he hit a plateau and hasn't moved past that. Like mm -hmm. he just hasn't got it. But maybe that's just the function of having 11 people on the ballot, right? And oh, just yeah. a crowded race. Um, now, former Senator Deanna Ballard, who is also a guest on our radio show. Um, now, she has been one that's up in the polling. Um, I've seen her doing uh, some good stuff. Now, remember, she was really or is really focused on educational issues. And she was the one who led a lot of our anti-COVID um, 
legislation during that time, especially when it had to do with schools and reopening schools. And um, she, I think, and also with the Parents' Bill of Rights, um, of all of the candidates, I think she's probably the one who in the fall will be able to run strong against Rachel Hunt. Now, remember, Rachel Hunt is a current senator now, um, former governor's daughter, who's going to have the fundraising advantage and is going to be really strong. Actually, I like Rachel. I've served Mm -hmm. with her. She's um, pleasant to be around. Um, Unfortunately, she just has the wrong letter behind her name. (laughs) And so, um, you know, I think when I look towards the fall, I need to see um, someone who can run toe to toe with Rachel um, in that race. And that would probably be Deanna. That would be Deanna Ballard for that. Um, And so, and then moving forward uh, now, a well-funded candidate, that I don't know as much about is a Seth Woodall. So I've seen his text come through. It seems like he's an attorney, put over a million dollars of money of his own money. He's got great advertising and stuff. I just don't know him that well, but it sounds like he has a um, acumen, a professional acumen that's good. And last, and also someone who's been on our radio show, who I really like as a person, uh, Representative Jeffrey Elmore. Mm-hmm. He again was right there on the other side of the General Assembly in the House during the anti-COVID stuff. And he was the one who is a current teacher and also who... Uh, understands education and for the subject matter can run toe to toe with Rachel Hunt in the fall. I just kind of like the optics at the top of the ticket of having the first um, black um, Republican governor and then also the first uh, female. No, not the first, because sorry, there was another one before that. but a female and the lieutenant governor spot. Yeah. And with so many candidates, highly likely that goes to a runoff anyway. Yeah, probably um, so. I'd tough to get anybody over 30%. Call now to speak with NC Senator Vicki Sawyer at 844-STUDIO-4. It's We're Just Saying on 105.9, 100.7, WSIC. Welcome back to We're Just Saying on WSIC News with Senator Vicki Sawyer and David. Live to be part of our show, 844-STUDIO-4. We are still streaming live on social media, YouTube, Facebook, X, and LinkedIn. Um, so we uh, left off with the yes. uh, lieutenant governor's race. Um, uh, my, uh, I, I went, You went a little long, and so I, I was not I able did. to give our standard close out there. But uh, what we were saying was how, probably that last... Probably very likely that that race goes to a runoff. Tough to get over thirty yeah. percent. Just a reminder, you know, if, if you don't, if uh, a candidate does not get over thirty percent, um, that does go to a runoff. So, I, I, high likelihood, I think we see yeah. one there. But uh, moving into um, the North Carolina auditor, you know, we're, start, we're starting to get into the races that a lot of people just sometimes just don't pay a ton of attention to. Right. And so for the um, for the auditor, we have um, about six candidates, I think. So yeah. we've got uh, Charles. It's, is it Din- Dingy? No ding- okay. Well, anyway, ch- we're going to go with that. Charles <laughs> Dingy, Jim Key, Anthony uh, Wayne Street, Jeff Tart, Dave Bullock, and Jack Clark. Yeah. So, um, you know, of all the names in there, Jeff Tart, probably the one that's most familiar to the people in our listening right. audience, um, has served this area um, a couple of different times. Um, but, um, you know, how would you handicap that race? Well, that's going to be the top two, I think, in that race are going to be Jeff Tart and Dave Bullock. Um, Jeff Tart is a resident of Cornelius and he, um, one of the smartest people I've ever met. Um, he's just gets things quickly and is able to articulate himself well and, and can get down to the numbers and, and, and understands politics because he's, you know, a former Senator. So he knows how the building works. And I think any of these races, it is so important for these council of state folks to understand how the building works. In other words, how do you get along with legislators? How does a law get passed? Like not just what you read on paper, but what you understand with personalities. And that's a big deal. A lot of this is a relationship business and personality business. 
Um, and that's important. And, you know, to go back to the second candidate I want to highlight is Dave Bullock. He also has that similar similar acumen. Um, he serves on the UNC Board of Trustees, and he is an attorney. Uh, he's been politically involved for a while behind the scenes. So he has a lot of uh, fans and friends around North Carolina, especially in eastern North Carolina. Um, I think it's a name that you'll see. He's very well-funded. He's raised a lot of money in his campaign. Um, and he's someone that is um, would be, you know, a good candidate um, if you should choose him. So between him and Jeff Tard, I think those are probably the top two candidates. Very nice. We do have a caller here on. We're just saying we're just saying on WSIC News Radio. Hi, William. You're almost Senator Sawyer. Uh, good morning to you, good people. How are y'all? Good, good sir. How are you? Pretty good. I got a question on the early voting. When do you guys know when they actually created that? Started that? I know it's been a while. I don't off the top of my head. I don't remember. No, I do not. I think one reason I like your theory, David, um, you know, go the day up because everybody knows what the deal is that's involved in politics and, you know, researches their candidates and makes their choices and whatnot. So they know every, you know, three years, four years, two years, whatever it is, uh, the day of. And if you have to lay out of work, the people that work, that are voters, you know, if you have to lay out of work to go do it, go do it. But um, one early stage of voting is, I guess, for like the military, perhaps, you know, when they were going to be out of country or whatever they had to, maybe that was one way they created that early voting. But uh, we all seen what happened in 2020. And I think that may have been one theory as to why we had some confusion in early voting and ballots not getting counted and so forth and so on. Yeah, no, 100%. And thank you for the call, William. I think that, and I would just like to point out that William is the first caller ever into this show that said he agreed with something that I had said. Uh, Everybody else that calls us says, oh, Vicki, I think you're right. Vicki, I think you're lovely. Vicki, you're just so amazing, blah, blah, blah. And I just sit over here in the cold. William, thank you for finally acknowledging my contribution to the show. No <laughs> I appreciate problem, you very problem. much. I've done both. I've, I've, I've no, don't hedge, William. I'm guilty of it. You're my I'm guy, William. It, I've done both. <laughs> don't hedge, William. You're my guy. Thanks for calling, brother. Right, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, so we're going to move on down because I want yes. to make sure that we get through a few of these well, others. I, I think we can go pretty quick through the North Carolina Commissioner of Agriculture, yeah. uh, Colby Bear Hammonds against Steve Troxler. Uh, Steve Troxler's going to yeah, win that going yeah. away. I mean, he's, he's, incumbent he's does a, a good job. He's and, an incumbent, yeah. does a good job. He's a machine yeah. um, at this and in, in these in these elections, very yeah. well thought of. Uh, for Commissioner of Insurance, we've got Andrew Marcus, C. Robert Brawley, who some folks uh, might be uh, familiar with from our area, served as a House representative here, and uh, Mike Causey. Yeah. So we've talked about this uh, race on the show before, so I'm just going to like gloss over it. For me, it's either between Mike Causey or Andrew Marcus. Mike Causey has a name ID um, and has a record as the current insurance commissioner. Andrew Marcus um, is someone that I respect professionally because he knows and understands the game. And I think we need someone with a professional acumen at the top who understands how to keep insurance rates uh through regulatory means instead of just through political bat battles. So um, that, those are kind of the two there. Um, now, this next race, the North Carolina Labor Commissioner, for me, is, is a complete toss-up. Mm -hmm. um, so you have Luke Farley, who's been on the show before, um, and he is actually a lawyer that represents small businesses against the Labor Commission. That's attractive for me because I like the fact that he understands the business of how regulations can really hurt 
especially like OSHA regulations, which doesn't have control of, but a lot of these other things that come out um, through the labor that can hurt small business. So I, I really like that part of the fact. And you like the fact that there's the elevator lady, Sherry Berry, Cherie. Yes, yes. As, endorsed him. I, I do what the elevator lady says. Yes. And he does have a red hat that says make America, make elevators great again. I get it. <laughs> he's, he's, he's hitting it all. Uh, but also to, to the point I just made earlier about other folks who are top of the ticket or on these state races, John Hardister. Now, John Hardister is a current house rep out of the Greensboro triad area. Um, and he understands how the building works and he really does have a good reputation among lawmakers. And so as far as someone who's going to be the head of one of the council of states, it is important that they know and have those relationships in the general assembly, because even though that's an executive branch function of being at the council of state, we make the laws that affect them. So there's, for me, this one's a really big toss up. I'm not sure which one's going to happen there. Um, both are strong candidates and, um, so I wish I could handicap that one for you, but I just can't. Yeah, no, I don't know definitely. What's happen. Um, Secretary the, of State. Secretary of State. So yeah, Secretary of State. For me, there's a lot there. There's a lot of folks who are running on this one. The three names that I or is this the one? Yeah. Anyways, the three names that I keep hearing. Um, one that's local to our area is Chad Brown. A lot of us had met him before because he had ran before. Um, he's strong. He's got a lot of friends in the legislature now. Um, and I've seen, you know, good things and heard really good things about him. Um, I think he'll probably be one of the, you know, ones at the top of the ticket. Uh, I really like this candidate, Jesse Thomas. I haven't met him before, but he just looks uh, very impressive. He's a retired health plan CEO. Um, and they're not a career politician. Everybody says, I'm not a career politician. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, is that, does that make me bad? Um, but he actually recently published a, in a short self-help book uh, about finance, peace of mind. I, I just, I like the way he had mentioned that, but also I do have to say one thing They he sent out a text saying that he was going to do something that totally didn't have anything to do with his office. So for me, I'm like, uh, that's yeah. maybe that's probably not him. That's probably a political advisor that sent that out. Probably. But I was like, that's probably not that great. Um, Christine uh, Villadervi, I think um, she's got a strong background, too. She's military and law enforcement. Uh, I've heard her speak. She's very charismatic on the stump. Um, I just uh, I think that she's probably has a really good future in politics. I don't know that she's going to be able to break that top market on this one right now. Yeah, so. sometimes that can be tough. And just for, uh, if William is still listening, our crack research staff here, we are just saying, just uh, sent us over that early voting actually began in 1977. Really? Yes, so thank you to uh, Senator Jim Perry, who we also employ oh. as a uh, early, <laughs> as a researcher for our show, uh, seeing that in, 19, coincidentally, the year oh. I was born. So my disdain for early voting, obviously, uh, yeah. must, must, there must be an underlying root cause there since it started the year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for listening. But again, he always has the answers, I guess, is what he's trying to say. Well, yeah, that's what I, that I what take. It. That, that's what I would take. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. Uh, but hey, we appreciate the answer. Now, this one I'm kind of uh, really um, close to. And so this is the probably one that I do not want to get in trouble over, but I'm just going to go ahead and get in trouble over it. Uh -oh. Superintendent of Public Instruction. Yes. Okay. So we have two candidates there. Uh, one is Catherine Truitt, who's the current superintendent. Um, she has... I will say that her office has been so helpful for me in many things, especially with the High School Athletic Association. That was a very thorny issue that uh, she had to navigate through. And really, when I found uh, my admiration for her and her staff was through that, because even though um, 
you know, she she ha- has to work with those folks who are the board. Um, they were really strong and helped me navigate that very, very difficult topic. So I just really formed a great working relationship with that, that office and with uh, Superintendent Truett beginning of that. But then I saw her work with the Parents' Bill of Rights and really um, trying to make sure that we had all the information we needed from DPI in order to move forward. She came in and actually articulately um, presented about that. And she also was one of the uh, strongest supporters, and I will say one of my handholders, about the women's in sports legislation. You know, she has uh, several uh, highly competitive, I think one of her daughters even is playing at a college level sport. So she has personal um, history with women's sports. And she was very open and advocate and helped us craft the legislation and worked for us to get it through the General Assembly, um, even including the uh, college level stuff. So she, to me, is the strongest uh, and most qualified person for this position. So um, now on the opposite side, we have a lady who is named Michelle Marlowe, and she has gained a little bit of traction because she's a muckraker. Um, and quite frankly, uh, I would have taken her a lot more seriously if I hadn't seen just blatant and outright lies Mm -hmm. that she's been telling about Superintendent Truett. So I try to stay fair on both sides of these things. And and sorry, this one, I'm going to put my thumb on the scale for Superintendent Truett. But I just have no patience for someone who um, lies purposefully to deceive voters about the character and the uh, work that Catherine Truett has done to make our state move forward. So uh, for me, it's all Catherine Truett. Yeah, no, 100%. I couldn't agree more. Uh, in the last couple of seconds, we got Treasurer A.J. Dowd, Rachel Johnson, and Brad Briner. Yeah, the top runner on that one is going to be Brad Briner. He's just very... Um, Professionally, he's an investment advisor, and that is the position that where you need to manage the state's investments that make sure that all state employees have a retirement to go home to. So um, that is, uh, for me, he's just professionally good. Although I do want to give A.J. Dowd a shout out. He and I had a primary against one another, and uh, he always was very uh, kind when we were during that primary. Yeah, absolutely. You're just listening to We're Just Saying on WSIC News. We'll be right back. There's more We're Just Saying with North Carolina Senator Vicki Sawyer on the way from 1059 100.7 WSIC. Now more We're Just Saying with North Carolina Senator Vicki Sawyer on 1059 100.7 WSIC. Welcome back to We're Just Saying. This is Senator Vicki Sawyer flying solo here. David had to go to do some family duties with his daughter, so we wish him well. But I am not alone because I do have a candidate for North Carolina Senate on the other line. Her name is Nancy Meek. That's not with an S, Meek. And she is a candidate out of the Hickory area for an open seat, which means there's no incumbent, uh, to represent uh, that area in the North Carolina North Carolina Senate in the fall. Um, she is a longstanding Republican and dedicated her life to serving her community. Uh, she has a career of service that includes a chair of the Hickory Public School Boards of Education. She's worked as a congressional aide, uh, president of the Catawba County Republican Women's Club, and is a coordinator for the North Carolina National Guard Family Assistance Program. Nancy, welcome to the program. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for having me, Senator DeSoria. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, I want to say thank you for taking some time because I know you are currently out at polling locations and early voting, greeting voters. Has it been busy out there? How's it been going? Well, actually, it's been not quite as busy today as it was yesterday, uh, but uh, every vote counts. And so it's important for everybody to come out and do your civic duty. Great. Well, good deal. Now, Nancy, tell us a little bit about yourself and the Senate district that you hope to represent. All righty. I'd love to do that. Uh, The Senate District 45 is all of Catawba County and most of Caldwell County. That's a pretty diverse uh, Senate seat. We have lakes, foothills, and the mountains. We have factories. We have tech companies, and we have lots of agriculture. But all in all, we have great people that I'm excited to have the opportunity to work with. Very good. And so now I know you have a long history of serving your community. What made you decide that you wanted to serve them in this capacity and put your name on the ballot? Well, actually, the current uh, senator, Senator Dean Proctor, and I uh, have uh, known each other for many years outside of politics. And it was my legacy of service, my family's legacy of service, that uh, is one of the things that he says that he wanted to see continued. He knows that I have a servant's heart and that I have given back to multiple civic organizations. And of course, for my family, our service, we're the things that we're trained first in is serving our church, mm. serving our Lord. And uh, I've been a lay reader. I've been a chalice barrier, altar gill, lots of different things within my church. And then, you know, that legacy continues both sides of my family. Uh, on my dad's side, he and his granddad, and he's my granddad, and his uh, my great-grandfather were all businessmen and volunteer firemen. So uh, we have that legacy as well. And my husband is retired from the Army, active duty, North Carolina National Guard and the Reserves. Our sons still serve. Our oldest was active duty, who has now transitioned to the Reserves. And our youngest son is still active duty Air Force. So we believe in that service and we don't just talk about it. We actually do it. Wow, that is an impressive family history. That is that is amazing. And thank you for your family for all of their service that they do. And one of the things that you served in the community, and I know it's very important uh, to to understand inside and out at the state legislature is education, right? You were um, one of the school boards or a school board chair and were on the school board for quite some time. Yes, I served on the Hickory Public Schools uh, Board of Education for 11 years over half as vice chairman and chairman. So I understand the importance. My mother was a school social worker. Uh, There is so much to be said. North Carolina has a strong legacy of public education, but we also understand that parents have the right to educate their children. Mm -hmm. And I was very much uh, instrumental in making sure that the Hickory Public Schools always gave the parents the right to opt in or out of whatever they felt best for their children. Very good. And I continue to believe in that. Very good. Yes, you'll see. Well, good. That means you'll fit right in in the Senate. Um, now, now, <laughs> just you have the local uh, experience at, you know, for the school board, but you also have a little bit of a congressional or federal experience as well in service. Tell us about your time as a congressional aide and, and who you worked with. 
Yes, I started my congressional um, tenure with Congressman Cass Ballinger. Uh, Cass and Donna and my husband and I all went to the same church, and I love the fact that he was always home, always with folks, uh, and he was something that when I was president of the Women's Club and things of that sort, an opening came uh, available at his office. And it seemed the perfect thing. The office itself was between my older son's high school, my younger son's middle school. And I said, yeah, I'm not really looking for anything full time. And he knew that our sons, he said, the boys are always welcome at the office. And so that gave me the family atmosphere uh, to be able to say, this is something I want to do. This is a different way for me to serve. And Right now, uh, with Congressman McHenry, I have been with him his entire tenure, mm -hmm. and we I have two dual roles really there. Mm -hmm. I have the uh, security director, which means I work with law enforcement and EMS to keep not only the congressman and his family safe, but also the offices and the staff so that constituents feel free to interact with the congressman and the staff. I also work with over 30 federal agencies and to be a liaison between citizens and those agencies. And of course, many times when you call into an office and you're frustrated and you're looking for help, you're not sure really whether it's a state matter or it's a federal matter. And that's one of the things that I discern. Uh, and we've had the pleasure to work with your office over the years helping constituents to be able to navigate whether it's a state matter or it's a federal matter or a little bit of both mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to surprise you. What we to do is ease that burden on the citizens. Yes. That's, that is so important to know who to call and when so that you can be an effective representative for, or conduit of information for those, um, your citizens or the citizens in the district. But I'm going to surprise you with something. I, I, I put out on X that you are going to be on our uh, radio show today. And I got the kindest message about a former coworker with you. And I'm going to read it to you because I thought it was just the wow. most glowing thing. I'm not going to, I didn't call and ask him to let for permission. So I'm not going to say who sent it, but it was so kind. Uh, he said, I just saw your ex post about Nancy Meek and wanted to say thank you for helping her. She had just joined the Ballinger staff when I, I did as well. She constantly impressed me with her work ethic, her subject matter knowledge, and most of all, her commitment to do what was right. I have complete confidence with her in what she'll do, an outstanding job in the North Carolina Senate. And I just thought that was beautifully written. And he it obviously came from the heart. So you have a fan club um, from your service and time that you're doing. But you also have a fan club in me because you are very strong. That's good. Well, you deserve it. Hey, you also have a, uh, something I want you to touch on because we only have four minutes left on the show. But one major part of your life is that you're a licensed firearm instructor. Or tell me about your history with instruction and in firearms and uh, your Second Amendment stands. Sure. Uh, I've got a A rating from the NRA. And one of the reasons probably is because I'm a North Carolina hunter safety instructor. I'm a hunter myself. Uh, I'm an NRA certified pistol instructor as well as chief range safety officer, which means I, I have the ability to teach other range safety officers. I'm a three-term and first female president of the Catawba Valley Wildlife Club, which is one of the oldest and largest shooting sports clubs in North Carolina. 
I've also been a clinic director for Women on Target, helping teach women about firearms in a safe, small area so that they understand what is truly the importance of firearm safety and how firearms work without all the political rhetoric. That is impressive. And something that I know that it would be very valuable for me in, in the General Assembly. I, I One of our fundraisers, uh, or not fundraisers, one of our get-togethers for the women's group, and I was going to do Republican women and men, uh, Republican women and Democrat women together, and take them shooting, right? But I don't have the professional acumen that you do, so you would fit right in and we could actually make that work. We- Absolutely. We can make that happen. Not a problem. <laughs> well, that that I is imp- teaching, teaching. Yeah. Well, no, that's good to hear. You can tell it and hear it in your voice. Um, now, just one of the few minutes that we have left, Nancy, uh, tell the voters of Hickory and Hickory area um, why you are the best choice. And then also tell the folks who are outside of the area who really like what they've heard today, how they, they can support your campaign and to learn more about you. Well, first of all, I would suggest my website, which is nancymeek4ncsenate.com. nancymeek4ncsenate.com. It all runs together. It's sort of long, but it does sort of sum it up. And it has my uh, stances on different uh, areas of of, uh, issues that may come before the Senate, as well as a little bit about myself and my family. But... uh, I am a tried and true conservative. I believe in our family. I believe in education. I believe in protecting our natural resources. I believe in educating our future workforce. And I want to guard our quality of life and honor our veterans. Well said. Thank you. Nancy Meek, thank you so much for giving us a call today. Good luck out there at the long, early voting season. I wish you health and (laughs) happiness during that because it's not easy. Uh, Thank you so much. And I sure do appreciate the opportunity to be before you. And uh, Hope I get the chance to work with you in the Senate. Sounds thank you so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and guys, just in the last 20 seconds, I know I waited to the very end. My rated X section, my rated X segment. And here it is on a post that we said that we're just saying, we talked to Punxsutawney Fields weather and predictions and just, you know, bragging about the show and asking people to listen. We did have one little, one fella, JRT 1971, he said our next segment, our next segment needs to be called X for X legislator. Well, I am here with you and I'm not X or your ex legislator. I'm your current senator and I'm grateful for the show today. Thank you for all who listened and we hope to see you next week.